You can't hit a target that you're not aiming for. It's really important that we get clear on what we want because that's actually 90% of the reason why we don't have it. Hey ladies, welcome back to another episode of B3 Boss Babies and Bobs. While I talk about all things motherhood, entrepreneurial, and how to have fun with everything in between. I'm your host, Jessica with a Y, and I cannot wait to dive into today's topic. So make sure to grab your favorite cocktail, sit back, relax, and unwind. Let's have some fun. Hey, ladies, welcome to today's episode of Boss Babies and Bottles B3 with me, your host, Jessica with a Y. Today, I have a special guest, Miss Amy Lee Westervelt. Thank you for joining Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So Amy Lee is a dream design coach, ladies, and a mindset expert who works predominantly with empath entrepreneurs. So through her signature programs and coaching, she really has assisted in the transformations of thousands of business owners from anxious and unaware to empowered and abundant. So her unique kind of law of attraction centric approach really marries the gratitude and personal value. She just really strives to leave her clients with an affinity for the finer things in life and a deeper belief in their worthiness for those experiences. So Amy, thank you so much again for joining. Trust me, truly appreciate it, especially during all the craziness going on throughout these days. I know. It's like you never, you couldn't have drawn, you couldn't have written a story that would have been more insane than what we're going on right now in our country. It's crazy. So, but let's dive in a little bit and just kind of get to know a little bit better and more about you. Sure. So I am a dream design coach. And what that basically means is that um, I work with empaths and highly sensitive people on figuring out what they really want. In my experience, just working with empaths and highly sensitives on, on being empaths, I found that there was a very real block in most people when it came to figuring out what they actually want. Mm -hmm. Yes, they know they want more, but they're not really sure what that is. And so there's a lot of energy that was expelled just kind of being frustrated about not having a plan. So I created what I call the dream design blueprint, which is a three-step process that helps people really kind of compartmentalize what it is that they're trying to create Mm -hmm. so that they they can put their energy into manifesting and creating it rather than trying to figure out what it is. Mm -hmm. I love that because so many people I feel like kind of just really get stuck in this realm of what to do, where to start and all of that. Yeah, exactly. And then they start blaming themselves for why they don't have it or why they're not good enough. And then, you know, it kind of cascades and nothing really gets done. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's much better to kind of go in and figure that stuff out ahead of time. And then you can really, you know, cause you can't, you can't hit a target that you're not aiming for. Exactly. And so a lot of people are kind of pulling up to the drive through of the universe asking for food instead of, I want a cheeseburger with no ketchup with, you know, X, Y, Z. It's like, eh, you know, I'll, I'll take whatever. Mm-hmm. And so it's really important that we get clear on what we want because that's actually 90% of the reason why we don't have it. Exactly. When people are not clear, they go into that whole limiting beliefs, like they can't do it or it's too hard or whatever. And so you kind of really just establish a path for them. 
Yeah, exactly. Just kind of giving them pieces to, to work at, you know, step by step so that when they get to that end result, they know exactly, oh, okay, this is what I'm trying to create. And then the manifesting part is easy. It really is. It's, it's the going back and the push and pull of what do I really want? That's really taking up all the energy. Kind of think of it like if you had, if you had a, if you were trying to vacuum seal something, but there was a hole in it and you're pulling all the air out of it, but like the air is escaping everywhere. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the same thing that happens when you don't know what you want and you're trying to manifest it. It's like you're manifesting, but there's holes everywhere and you're not getting the full capacity of your energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally get that. So I guess then tell me a little bit more about Gratitude and Glamour, which is the name of your company. Why'd you start it? So gratitude and glamour is, um, these are the two real high values that I have. I believe that gratitude is about being thankful for what we already have. But I think we also come from, especially as women, we come from a society where we're expected to kind of settle. We're expected to be complacent and happy with what we have and not to aspire for more. And so for me, glamour is all about aspiring to more. And I believe that only when we're at our highest vibration, taking optimal care of ourselves, can we do our greatest good in the world. So for me, glamour represents making sure that I'm firing in all cylinders, that my, you know, not in this case, because I fight them, but my nails are done. <laughs> my makeup is done. I am at my highest vibration so I can be the best coach. So I can be the best mother, the best wife, the best community member, the best earthling. So that's a really big part of it. It's okay to be grateful, but to also want more because if we don't do that, then we stagnate. And then there's really no point in continuing to live because we're just kind of like, you know, at that like paycheck to paycheck place, which some people would argue is kind of like hell. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I personally can't even imagine what it would be like to, to live like that anymore, but I do remember the time where I did or when I was under and it's, it's a struggle, you know, and it's true taking care of yourself and you feeling well really helps create everything around you. And the manifestation is huge. And I talked about this in previous podcasts on how, you know, I know it's hard, but once you have a goal and once you have a clear vision as to what you want, then the rest kind of really falls into place because you're really just working towards whatever it is that you now have a clear picture of in your head. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then, and you're putting that passion into it too, because you actually want it. You know, it's not just something that you're like, oh, that's in a catalog. And I didn't even know what that was five minutes ago, but now I'm obsessed with it. It's something that came from your soul's true desire that you will stop at nothing. It's like if one of your kids was sick and needed some kind of medicine and you had like 24 hours to find it. I mean, you'd be knocking on every door in your neighborhood. You'd be collecting cans. You would find a way because you've mattered. So when you can connect to what it is you really truly desire, which again is what the universe wants you to do in this life. That's why it feels so good, right? So there's like that incentive. When you can connect to that, you uncover a manifestation power that is unlike anything else in this world. It's why people are able to manifest multi-million dollars, cars that they want, things that they want, because they're attached to a greater why. They're attached to some deeper desire. Mm -hmm. I love it. And so how did you get to kind of where you are today? So I actually started in a network marketing company. I joined that network marketing company pretty early on with the expectation that I would be able to be a leader and a visionary and empower the people that were part of the company to do these things back then. And after time went on, um, I realized that I was not in alignment with the values of the company anymore. They wanted people to do things a little bit more toward 
depending on the company. And I was more of the mindset of like, this is all because of you. And that's really a big part of what I do. I empower people to change their lives. I don't change people's lives. I don't, but I showed them how to do it. And I showed them the fact that they've had that power their whole entire lives. Mm -hmm. So that kind of is what happened. And so I decided after making, you know, multi six figures, multi seven figures, actually, if I add it up, I wasn't aligned with them anymore. And so I decided to go off on my own and start coaching. And I did that in 2018. And at first it was kind of people that were either part of that company that had left or people that were still there. But then as time went on, I kind of branched out, you know, I did more podcasts and things like this and I I made more connections. And so now uh, um, it's two years later and I've probably coached thousands of people at this point, various capacities. Yeah, that's awesome. In two and a half years, that's that's definitely huge. So that's super exciting. Almost three years now, right? Yeah, I give yeah, a little bit. Yeah, that's awesome. So obviously, B three is full of lots of women um, that listen to us, and I just, I guess, I would love to. What would your tips and your advice be for women who kind of just feel stuck? You know, whether it's their career, their business, and life, just women that just kind of feel stuck at this point. I think the first thing I would suggest, so I don't know if I said this already, but I have five children. I have five children under the age of eight. So my oldest is eight. My youngest is one. Jesus. Um, we homeschool. That's all I can have, say. What? <laughs> I'm like, Jesus. That's all <laughs> I can say. <laughs> my, uh, my husband's a stay-at-home dad and I, I'm the, the breadwinner, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I think keeps us stuck is that we don't feel like we deserve more. We feel mm-hmm. like we're mothers, we're wives. And we're kind of at the bottom of the totem pole. But if you notice, if you look at like a beehive, right? Mm -hmm. The queen bee, all she does is sit around and get fed and like stroked and all these other things by the rest of the hive. She doesn't do any work. She just makes other bees. And that is because bees understand that there is a lot of weight and a lot of value in creation right? Like she is what keeps them making more bees. So without her, they don't exist. And so I think that a lot of times we think like we're supposed to wipe all the noses first and we're so, you know, like, um, like in Cinderella, if you get all your work done and if you find something suitable to wear, then you can read a magazine, then you can take a bubble bath. But again, going back to that glamour piece, it's really important that we do it the other way around, because if we are at our highest vibration, we have clear heads, you know, we're doing better with our children. They're getting more of their mother. They're getting more of us in a good mood, right? Like we're not creating little, little head cases for down the road. I mean, how many times have you ever like, you're trying to get, you know, the, the living room clean or you're, you know, doing something and you didn't drink any water and you're just like, Oh, I'm just not going to do anything for myself until this is done. And then your little one trots into the room and is like, mom, look at my picture. And you're like, I have a headache. And it's like, you think you're doing them some great service yeah. by, by withholding your needs from yourself, but it comes back around Always. and it doesn't help them anyway. Mm-hmm. So that's number one. The second thing is if you're feeling stuck, then you might need to start thinking about what it is you truly desire. Like, what mm-hmm. is it that you don't have mm-hmm. that you feel is missing? And you might need to start to slow down and figure out what that is. So mm-hmm. start with how you feel. If you're feeling like, well, you know, I'm just, I'm bored. 
okay, well, what would it feel like if you weren't bored? And then kind of tap into that feeling. And then as you tap into the feeling, Mm -hmm. the next thing you'll find is that you'll want to know, okay, well, what, what would I be thinking if I wasn't bored? And then finally, what would be, and this is my blueprint, by the way, what, what would be the tangible outcomes that would show an alien that dropped into my kitchen that I wasn't bored? Yeah. And so once you can figure out what that is, now you're like, oh, I want to go to a paint night. Let me run over and schedule a paint night and call three of my girlfriends and so-and-so is going to bring the wine, so-and-so is going to bring the cheese. You had to get through that moment of like, hmm, how do I feel? I don't want to feel this way. How can I flip it? And then how can I create something that's dissonant to this? Exactly. And I, I see that all the time, you know, and sometimes we just do that one thing that's for us and all of a sudden everything feels better, mm-hmm. you know? Um, for me, sometimes it's like, it's planning or it is going out with my girls or whatever, you know? And all of a sudden I just feel like a brand new person. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be some grand gesture. Yeah. It could be everybody bring a paper bag from the grocery store and we're going to do like potato, potato stamps. <laughs> like it doesn't have to be something cr- crazy. We're all going to watch eighties movies at yeah. my house. Bring, I bring your favorite kind of ice cream and one topping. And then you kick all the guys out, you make them watch the kids and you just watch eighties movies. Love it. Yeah. You know I, what I mean, it doesn't have to be something like, Oh my God, we all went to Vegas. Like nobody's at people think that money is the reason why they don't have what they want. The reason they don't have what they want is because they don't know what they want. Yep. They don't know what they want. And I think a lot of people are also, you know, and I, I hate saying it like this, but I do feel like it's this sometimes they don't want to put in the work. Right. They don't. They and they, but not even just work. Thing. They don't want to put in the planning. Cause like, yeah. what if I said to you, okay, you can go to Hawaii for 10 days, three years from now, just put $13 away a week. You'd be like, yeah, but Nobody does that. Nobody says, okay, I can take my dream vacation, but it's going to take me five years and I've got to put it on the calendar and I have to put this money away. Yep. You know, like there's so much planning that goes into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The instant gratification is definitely something that I think stops people from, from achieving what they want to achieve. So what is the biggest trend that you kind of see women really fall into? I am so glad you asked because there's an answer for this. The biggest trend that I see women fall into is what I call I'll fill this out later culture. Mm. So uh, quizzes, you know, assessments, journal prompts, anything, they cannot slow their brains down enough to fill out questions. And so there's always this, I'll fill this out later. Oh, I'll do this later. I'll, I'll get it done later. Girlfriend, there is no later. This is your life. It is passing you one day at a time. You have to slow down enough. And I know it's not your fault. I know that your attention span, like we were watching, what were we watching? Pretty in Pink the other day. Mm-hmm. And Molly Ringwald has this scene where she like walks into wherever the prom is being held. Mm-hmm. And it took her like 15 freaking minutes to walk across this. Like I was bored. But I know that in the 80s, like that was fine. Like people's attention spans could handle that. They can't handle that now. Like I was like, oh my God, this is like watching paint dry. Just walk faster. <laughs> like I'm bored. But we don't realize that, right? Like we don't understand how much more our brains have tuned to like the fifth dimension. Like how much more, you know, aware we're becoming. <laughs> how much like <laughs> you know, faster paced we want everything too. It's yeah. Crazy. And so sometimes we have to like sit down and go, no, I'm not going to do anything else until I answer this question. This question, number one on this sheet, I'm not doing anything else. Instead of looking and going, oh my, there's 18 questions. No, I'm not doing this. 
Uh, it happens to me all the time. If I have to go to like a new doctor and I have to fill out the 20,000 sheets that they give you, I'm like, are you freaking serious? <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, I know. Like we have computers now. Can't you just take this from the other doctor? <laughs> like I'm not dying. I'm just here. Right. look at something let's go <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um totally oh my god that's a huge 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 thing so you know I, and i always see this happen to you know a lot of people in general you know um, but i do think that one of the points you brought up about you know women were told um that we're supposed to fit into this space that this is how our life is supposed to be lived and you know something i love talking about always on this podcast is that we can do whatever we want we are the badasses not men you know and it's not us versus them and that's not the kind of mentality but i feel like it's because society has always said you know you're a woman this is what you do you know what i mean that that's why i kind of say that like that and just kind of letting women know like we can do anything we can do everything too we can take care of our kids we can take care of our house we can take care of ourselves and we can have a business and we can do it all while looking in your case very glamorous Oh, thank you. I think, I think another thing too, about that, what you just said, that's really powerful is that we want the female, right? Like we want the female and the female prettiness and the female nurturing. But what we don't want is her to turn on that feminine energy because Mm -hmm. the feminine energy is inside everyone. Masculine and feminine are inside men and women, Mm -hmm. but that feminine energy is dangerous because that feminine energy is where the creation happens. That's where the manifestation happens. And we try to silence that in the female population, which essentially is kind of like making us like placeholders, right? Like, like kind of like the Stepford wives, you know, where they take them and they take their personality out. That part of us, that fiery ability to manifest, to create things in our lives and in the world is something that's very dangerous to people who don't understand divine feminine. So yes, you're right. But at the same time, men have that too. And the men are also, if you think about it, they're asked to kind of shut that down too, right? That create, that creative power, that because that to th- now what they call it on that side is tos- toxic masculinity, mm. but it's not toxic masculinity. It's, it's the creative, like come out power from within on either side. And so I would argue that it's that, it's that power that, that people are trying to silence and women have that in spades. Like we have that resiliency and the resourcefulness and to people who want to control other people, that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. I thousand percent agree. I love it. But yes, a lot of women do silence a lot of their femininity and that's not good. That's where, that's where a lot of women lose themselves mm-hmm. very easily. It's very, it's, and it's very easy to do on a day-to-day basis when we have so much to do. You know, mm-hmm. when you have five kids in your case, I, 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 I have twins and they're my first set. And well, my first set, I, I ask, I, I say that as if I'm going to have another set. God knows. So <laughs> um, <laughs> what I meant by my first kids, you know, and I'm just like, I'm like, no, I'm super empowered when I can do it all, but I can also be everything else I need to be, you know, and it's finding the right time and space to do everything, which is the most important. Not every single moment of the day Am I the kids' moms? No, some days I, you know, I am the wedding planner right now, or I am, you know, the podcaster at this moment. And so just finding the right space to do everything and doing it efficiently, because when you try to do everything, you're not giving anything hundred percent, 
versus kind of, I don't want to say compartmentalizing or balancing like some days my kids are more important. Some days my work is more important. And, you know, I was talking about this in another episode with it's not a balance as much as what's the most important prioritizing and giving that a hundred percent. And when you're with your kids, that's a hundred percent, you know, because they know when you're not giving them a hundred percent. Oh, totally. And, and you, and you know, when you catch that sometimes and you're checking your phone and they're saying goodnight or something and they kind of just go, mom, mom. And it's like, you're waking up from like some stupor and you just feel bad. And you're just like, why? Like, and, and I mean, again, it's not anybody's fault because let's be real. Social media is addicting. Like, I don't care what anyone says it is. And thanks to all those dopamine hits that we get from it. But at the same time, yeah, there definitely is like, we have to work really hard to be who we are when everything else is trying to mold and shape us. And because we're women and we are tending to be so emotional and that, you know, that part of us is so much higher, we don't even have boundaries. Like we feel like we don't deserve to have our own space and people feed off of that. Mm -hmm. Right. Like people are like, yeah, well, you know, you're a mother. Like, you know, I'm not a martyr. I'm a mama. Like there's a big difference. And I don't have to, you know, I don't have to, to eviscerate myself on the altar of mommyism in order to be a good mother. Like mm-hmm. I have my time. My husband knows like when I'm in here in the door shut, don't send the kids in. And he doesn't, you know, and it's like, but at the same time, my clients know between the hours of like, say like five and 7 PM, like if you message me, I'm not going to be there because I'm hanging out with my kids. Yeah. That's the the same thing. That's my bedtime routine. That's my time with them. That's the time that I've chosen. And that's just, and that's the time they've chosen really. And I've molded around their schedule, but it's the time before they go to bed. And the other thing too, is that, you know, they try to make mothers think that every minute you spend away from your kids, that they're somehow suffering, but your kids don't want to be with you all the time either. Like you're not the center. I mean, yes, you are when they're babies and you're nursing, but you're not the center of their universe. Like they also want to have playdates. They also want to be with their father or the au pair. It's not taking away from them that you go the bathroom and lock the door. And there are people that will make you think that if you are not, you know, basically sacrificing yourself for your children, that you're somehow doing them a disservice. I would argue that if you are sacrificing yourself fully for your children, that's when you're doing them a disservice because they're not going to know what to do when they get to school or when they get to their job. And we see this all the time, right? How many grown men live at home with their parents? And it's not, you know, because it's the cool thing to do. It's because they probably just never let go. Yeah. 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 And a lot of it has to do with the parents, you yeah. know? Oh, totally. It's like, it's not, it's some people are like, oh no, because he doesn't want to move out of the house or she, whatever. It doesn't matter who it is. And I'm like, a lot of it has to do with the parenting too. A lot of them, they feel like they can't. And yeah. they feel like they can't, that comes from something else. Right. You know, right. that comes from over attachment from the parent mm-hmm. and they have, you know, and that, that's the other side of the spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, and, and I think that for my daughter, you know, she's eight and she reads at like a ninth grade level. She is so inspired. You know, when she tells her little friends, like my mom's a dream design coach and she helps people use the law of attraction to make their lives. Like she loves that. And she doesn't even know so what it is. at eight years old. I'd be yeah. like, yeah, now your mom does. That's awesome. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, something, she doesn't even know how good she has it. She's like, I don't want to go in the theater and watch movies, mom. And I'm like, Really? Like, do you even know how many of your friends would die to have a movie theater in their house? But to her, it's just regular. 
You know, she doesn't understand that some parents leave their kids all day to go to work. She's like, you're always working. I'm like, girlfriend, let me tell you about what it was like to get up in the morning at your dad's house when it was his weekend to have you and get up on a Monday morning at 4.30 in the morning so he could drive you home to your house so you could get ready for school at your house. Like, you don't even understand. Like, you just don't get it. No. I, I was saying that something like that to my husband the other day. I was like, there, my kids are not going to have any idea. We grew up in these small, tiny houses and our kids are going to grow up in these like these gorgeous homes. And so yeah. keeping them, you know, humble and just keeping them, even if, even if, you know, we're always uh, the ideal situation, right? You always want to give your kids better than what you had. So you're in essence, you should have better than what your parents ended up giving you, or you're giving your kids something better. So in essence, it's always trying to keep our kids, you know, humble and keeping our kids down to earth, which is hard because we've worked hard to, to reach a certain level of success. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but- exactly. It doesn't matter how good this is, have the same amount of gratitude, whether it's a, an ice cream or it's a Disney world, you know, like the gratitude doesn't have to change. That is true. It doesn't have to be an all expense paid trip to Europe for you to be happy. <laughs> exactly. Cause the feeling is the same. I mean, you can dial it up some, but for the most part, it's the, it's the same feeling. Yeah. I mean, I'd be happy with an ice cream. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I would too. <laughs> You're like, oh, cool. You brought me ice cream. <laughs> Those are the things. Uh, Cause it's small, the thought. It's, it's the, the thought that matters. Small things for me. I always say it. I, I always say it. It sounds dumb, but I'm like, that's eh, a small things for me, you know? <laughs> yeah at the end of the day. So that's awesome. So if you could give yourself a young, uh, your younger self a piece of advice, what would it be? Don't give a shit what the bitches say. (laughs) (laughs) That's my quote. We're going to quote that. Don't give a shit what the bitches say. (laughs) All the time that I wasted caring what people that mattered zero in my life ever thought of me (laughs) and how much now looking back, how much was about their feelings of themselves. I would not take one minute to care about how somebody else felt I was doing this or raising my kids or running my business. I wish, oh man, all the gray hairs and all of the the stress that I could get back all that time of just not care. I mean, my husband's great at that. Like, I'd be like, oh my God, did you see what so-and-so said about me? And he'd be like, yeah, and? And now I'm like- That's all guys are we're, we're the ones that are, we're the ones that are like, oh, and I say it because my husband, I whisper because my husband's like right over there. <laughs> but I'm like, oh, he's like that too. He's like, what does it matter? I don't think that. And I'm like, yeah, but she does. He goes, but I don't. And I'm like, all right, I guess you're right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Somebody said to me once, like, how cool is it? Cause I was getting like, seriously in my network marketing company, I was getting real bad haters. Right. And um, when I left and somebody was like, how cool is it that you're their CNN? And I was like, girl right it's on how you look at like how cool is it that you are somebody's news are you kidding me so good it's true though you can't you can't care what other people say because at the end of the day they don't know your life they don't know what you're going through they don't know what you've been through you know everyone has their own challenges their own things so yeah keep doing you love it so of course this wouldn't be the boss babies and bottles podcast if i didn't ask you the last question what's your favorite bottle or drink i really love those little Kahlua mudslides. Ooh. They had come in like a little bottle and I don't know if they've had them lately. Cause like I, I sent my husband to the store for them a couple weeks ago and they were like, we don't have those, but they were cute. They were like this big. They had like mudslide and white Russian and they're just like little coffee type drinks. And they were my favorite. And if anybody knows where I can get them, hit a girl up. I'm sure we had to be able to find them. You know, the last time I had a mudslide, I was in the Caribbean and I'm reminded of how much I hate COVID. 
and how much I want to travel again. <laughs> I go get myself a mudslide on the side of the beach or something. They're just so um, good though. It's like you're drinking are. coffee, but you're drinking booze and you're like, I'm relaxed, like but I'm and it's productive. Great. Productive, yeah. sure. <laughs> I'd like productive, like maybe one in. After yeah, one. yeah. Well, Ooh, well, the productivity does try to like, the more I have, the less productive, you know, whatever that curve is. <laughs> right, but, but at the same time though, to be fair, you never notice how sometimes like when you have like a glass of wine, you, your creative mind kind of opens up a little more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because and you're you like- Everything else go. Yeah, because your subconscious is kind of allowed to talk because mm-hmm. usually your conscious mind is like, no, you shut up, you shut up. Mm-hmm. Doing what we're supposed to do. And your subconscious is like, you know what? you're over there inebriated and I'm going to do the thinking. <laughs> Say drunk person don't lie. Right. That's what they think. <laughs> That's true. All right. Thank you so much, Amy Lee, for joining us today. I uh, had such a great time with you and hopefully our listeners did too. I'm just excited for them to hear this and hopefully have learned something. And of course, now we need to put a disclaimer on this podcast, but hey, you know, those are the best ones. So thank you so much for joining. I will see you guys on the next one. Talk to you soon. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I cannot wait to chat with you guys soon. So make sure if you haven't already, subscribe to our next episode and follow my craziness on Instagram at ebjevents and at canal.twins. I promise you, something's always happening.